It's April 20th, 2019, and this is Diz Podopolis, where we talk about Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and everything in between. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep in dreams you will lose. In your dreams in Sunday, your rainbow will come shining through. No matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, the dreams that you wish will come true. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Dispodopolis. This is episode 22. And this is a very unusual episode because it's kind of all over the place, which is fits in very well with us. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you get for airing in the middle of April. Yeah, it's April. What can you say? It's April. <laughs> <laughs> There's like nothing left behind, right? Nope, nothing left behind. So, uh, Fiona, why don't you say hi to everybody? Um, you got your pink slip up. Oh, chihuahuas. Okay, now you have to tell people what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yesterday, I thought I need to watch Freaky Friday, the the second and the good one. So, so this is the one with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Jamie Lee Curtis. So I'm all like, Ryan has like, he has like a a, a mod there that's gonna do some like garage garage band or or something oh oh well that's how we record we use garage band it's a it's a mac program or uh, an apple program huh. oh it's like i think like melody music from all the way there i, I thought i would always think of like the downtown music that airs all all the way from from our house okay I'm not totally sure if that if that's if that's theming theming well to to music modeling. Ah, it's fine. That works. <laughs> I I just I just never noticed like how to expect music from coming all the way to my to her house that's not by the neighbors. Sorry. Oh, okay. So what what Fiona's talking about is uh, down the road in a town um, that we live in. Oh, there's an old Holotus. And there's a very famous venue, music venue. It's uh, the floor store, the John, the, the John T. Floor Store, and that's where John Willie Nelson—that's where Willie Nelson was discovered. Oh, okay. So on certain nights, when it's really clear, the sound bounces through our backyard, and for quite a few months, we thought we had an annoying neighbor. <laughs> but but no. I think it's a freaky Saturday. Yeah, so it's a little strange when you hear this music kind of floating through uh, your neighborhood. And it's so, it's not really, you know, it's about two miles away. And it you can't tell which direction it's coming from because we kind of live in the hill country of Texas. And so it just kind of bounces through the hills. And it's, you can't really identify the music or the artist, but it's kind of like a nice white noise, a white noise. So. Ah, so you just have some background music all the time in your backyard. Absolutely. Every Friday, Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like for for Freaky Friday, um, 
watch the first two, but but skip the third one because it's it's like a low budget behind Kim Possible. Oh yeah, so um, not huge fans of the Disney Channel remake of Freaky Friday that I think came out last summer. Mm. Ah, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't want to have, have not seen it. I didn't yeah. want to pay attention to it. Yeah, uh, you're not missing anything. <laughs> they turned it into a musical. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yay! More more okay. music talking. So yeah, it's a little little odd. I mean, were they trying to figure out ways to not? What would they expect? I don't know. I have no idea. But how about we introduce uh, Cousin Ryan? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry if, if we got a blabber on you, Ryan. <laughs> so how are you doing, Cousin Ryan? Oh, doing well. Um, I want to say hi to all of our listeners and especially our moms. Yep, you betcha. And I'm Colleen. I want to say hi to Aunt Lynette and my mom. So tonight for our question... Uh, we're actually um, asking a question that is completely unrelated to the rest, rest of our show, but something that Ryan and I were pretty excited about. One, because, well, I love Legos, and we both love Disney. Do you like, how are you in the Legos, Madra? One to ten, what kind of Lego freak are you, Ryan? Probably, like, uh, not as much as you are. Probably something, <laughs> like, about a six or seven. Okay. But um, they just came out, you know, I was at like last week, April 10th, I believe, with the new Steamboat Willie uh, Lego set, which is pretty darn exciting because you don't see a lot of Lego Disney Lego sets for um, an older crowd. A lot of it, you see, you have a lot of princess sets and well, for the girls and they have a lot of Star Wars sets, but that's kind of, that's not really like specifically like Disney or early Disney or Disney parks related. You don't see a lot of that. So uh, we're all thinking let's probably focus on Lego ideas and for the parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tonight we're going to ask the question, which Disney park or um, retro Disney Lego set would you like to see? Like a retro movie or something that's really quintessential Walt Disney Disney. Uh, yeah, then just like you mean like fandom toddler Disney, right? Right for the the an older set past, yeah, past yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna think about those anymore. Right. Okay. So, do you want to start, Fiona, or do you want me to start? How about you guys start? Okay. Well, I'm gonna start because I'm um I'm gonna go with Small World. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, the, when you say a small world, do you mean the Disneyland attraction, the outside of it, the facade? Absolutely. But you have yeah. to have the working clock, too. Okay. Um, you got to have that. Song yes. included. They yeah. can do a lot of a lot of really cool minifigures with it. Yeah, and you can oh, have yeah. the, the, the outside, you have the cute little boats that go inside. Can there be and, Easter egg Disney characters? Yeah. I'm all about the Easter eggs. Yeah, I need. Yeah, we need. Yeah, we need. We need more forms of those of those Lego figures from from Disney characters. Mm-hmm. And if they want to take it even up a level, we can have the train tracks come through it, like they do at Disneyland. Oh wow! That would be pretty awesome. Just uh, saying. That's that's gotta be a Christmas portrait right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think. Yep. All right, Cousin Ryan. What are you thinking? Well, I like the trains a lot. So I would love to see one of the trains, one of the engines. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. Yeah, from Disneyland and like maybe the Main Street Station along with the Lily Bell car. You got to have the Lily Bell car. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think that would be a lot of fun to have something like that. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, the train station would be beautiful. Can we have the Mickey flower arrangement too? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I think you have to have that. I Yeah, I think so. All right, Fiona. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go, um, almost, almost ridiculous. Cool. Um, uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <gasps> oh, but that would be so beautiful. Oh, really? The Disneyland, like the building, the facade too. Oh, yeah, Toad um, Hall. Toad oh, Hall? that'd be that'd be oh, nice. Like, well, I did say something for like older people. Mm-hmm. We all did. Like older value. Those yeah, those buildings in Fantasyland are beautiful. So uh, they would definitely. Yeah, I was opinion to Small World, but I think I need a little something that that's me and something that's almost about to be forgotten. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, it's possible to make a to make a amphibity, amphibian Lego figure. Oh right? yeah, Mr. Toad Lego figure, absolutely. And you get the little cars, <laughs> gotta have the little car. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, we not. I want more like like decorative, like England buildings because I'm into the mood for those countries now. Yeah. You were, yeah, you really expressed that in the Mary Poppins episode. All right. Those are, okay, so um, Disney, Lego, get on it because we're ready to buy. <laughs> we are ready to fork the dough over. <laughs> and we did for Steamboat Willie. We did. And I have the Cinderella Disney World Castle. It's my pride yeah. and joy. <laughs> Now we're headed over to Area 55. Well, tonight on Dispodopolis, we are going to be talking about the Max Pass. Uh, service that they have at Disneyland. And uh, we really haven't talked about it much before because we've kind of have our systems that we've been working with for a long time and they've been working. But um, we kind of had different circumstances where just Jeff and I, my husband and I went to Disneyland and we used MaxPass. And I think you had a familiar situation where it was just you and Mike and you used it? Yes, it was really the... It was this last summer and all of our family was meeting and um, we were going to be in Disney California Adventure uh, when it opened quite a bit ahead of everybody. Um, I think you were doing um, something with Girl Scouts that day. And yeah. it was good. We weren't going to meet you until like later in the afternoon. And I don't know what was going on with Jeff that day, but he wasn't in the park. Jeff and no. Elias. So something yeah. else was happening that day. 
Um, so it was just Mike and I. So I decided, hey, let's use it. Let's try let's it. Let's try it out. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff and I only had two days without the kids. And so we're kind of like two days. We want to get the max. Ha, got that max pass. Max uh, out of our experiment. I our, play on words. I like that. <laughs> of our experience and so we decided to give a chance it's not so bad when it's just the two of you because you know it's $15 a person and so Mm -hmm. it was $30 for both of us now when we have five kids with us it gets a little more pricey so yeah that would be $75 for the day which is almost a ticket again so if you're really you know getting your money's worth out of it so we did it. Um, on our experience, we also entered the parks uh, quite a bit early. I think I think the park, it was Disneyland Park, and it was a Sunday. And so I think it opened at, uh, I want to say, like 8 o'clock. And so um, I know, uh, which is similar in your, your experience, we bought ours basically right before they swiped our tickets because there was a line already um, waiting to get in because the park officially had not opened yet. So, you know, and they'll let you in the gates a little bit early just so they can maintain some of the crowds and it not be so, so crazy when it first opens. So I think they're letting people in about 30 to 45 minutes before the park opened. And the minute um, that our ticket went through the turnstile, we could make a fast pass on our on our phones with the MaxPass system. And in our experience, uh, let's say the park opened at nine, we could not make we couldn't make a Space Mountain reservation until 9:30 a.m. is what we had. I don't, what was your experience? Could you make one at the minute for the hour that you walked in, or did you have to wait? No, we could make it right when we walked in. Yeah, right when we got in the park. Yeah, I purchased it. Yeah, could you, like, like I say you got it at 9, could you make a reservation at 9 for a ride at 9, or was it set out a little bit? Oh, it was set out a little bit, yeah. It was set, yeah, there was not, not terribly far, but maybe 30 minutes out. Yeah, that was our experience. So it was like 9.30, I think was the first one. Yeah. I'm fine with that because you're. That's not a problem when you're the first ones in the park. You can pretty much jump on a couple of rides before 9:30. Yeah, my my the most time-consuming part was adding a credit card to the Disneyland app. Oh, so, okay. Right. So if you can add a credit card to that app ahead of time before getting in the park, you can. I would mm-hmm. suggest you do that. <laughs> so then you're not yes. trying to add the card. Are to the app when you're in the park so you know that was that took a little bit of time to figure all of that out i'd also add your tickets before you get in the park too onto the app yeah. the disneyland yeah. app and that's yeah and and download the disneyland app <laughs> <laughs> before you get to get to the park so yeah so your prep is yeah. download disneyland app uh upload all your ticket numbers or scan them in and have a credit card already linked to your Disneyland account. And notice we're talking specifically about Disneyland because yes. Max Pass is only at <laughs> Disneyland. Um, you you do everything differently for Disney World. Oh uh, yeah. This is, this is a bit so it's a big this is a big difference between Disneyland and Walt Disney World. 
Um, you know, use the My Disney Experience app out at Walt Disney World, and there is no opportunity to purchase it. It's already all integrated into the Walt Disney World Experience, whereas Disneyland, you have to purchase this separately. Yeah, Walt Disney World is a whole other ball of wax, and that's just because Walt Disney World is very touristy. You've got people coming from all over the world. You've got people coming from all over the United States. Disneyland is really a home park. It's a California yeah. park. It's for it's California people going most of the time. They're so it, you know excited to see somebody not from California. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, Disneyland's a whole whole different park. In that, in that regard, so. Yeah, and they expect you to be there next week. Because I asked them one time specifically, I, my kids were big into pin trading, and I'm like, oh, darn, you don't have that pin. Do you know if you're going to get it or whatever? She's like, well, come back next week. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Texas. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> thanks for thinking I'm from California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you I are did, originally. I so. am. I am. I did grow up there. So there is, I, I have a California accent. I'm very much California vernacular when I talk. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that's what you need to have on your phone before you get there. And when you download the Disneyland app, you cannot miss the Disney Max Pass huge green box. Nope. <laughs> they yeah. want you to buy this service. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, the, yeah, that's the only bummer is it's $15 a person, but, um, like, you can control everybody's max pass for one phone, which is nice. That's nice, you know, if you have five people, if you have two people, if you have 12 people, that sort of thing, you can manage it that way. And when you go to, to select a ride, like Space Mountain, you can choose who you want to select for that ride. Like, if you just want one person or two people or three people to ride it, so... It's not, you know, it's, it's very flexible. So you'll notice like when you open up the app and you go to my plans, you can um, click on get a fast pass. And uh, real quick to, you know, it says get fast pass with Disney Max Pass. Um, if you, uh, like my family does, if you have a disability accessibility service card, that will be on your app also, your Disneyland app also. And, um, you know, when you go, you'll scan, they'll scan the tickets for you at the kiosk and that, so that ride will be in addition to your max pass. It won't, um, they don't cross each other out at all, which is nice. So you select the fast packs with max pass, continue. Then you have to pick your park because, um, they're also assuming that you can jump parks, so you can make a reservation in Disneyland Park or the DCA Park, so you can actually make a DCA in Disneyland and then go over to, to DCA. Now, we didn't do that because we just did one park per day, and that's pretty much on a regular basis. That's all we do. We don't jump parks unless, I mean, we did this summer, but that was a you know, when you have 12 people, you need to have that flexibility, but I don't think you need mm. to have it with two. No, I think that'd be too, uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be a little overkill. Unless you like running, I mean. <laughs> well, if you have like, somebody who's a good runner, then you don't really, yeah, <laughs> say, go ahead, save. With, with 12 people, you could save a lot of money per day. Mm -hmm. So 
And I'm a good runner, so I'm like, I don't care. I'll run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, w- I think I was running disability, and you were running fast pass, uh, mm-hmm. paper fast passes. Yeah, because that system's still working. Now, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but when we were making reservations through our phone, the comeback times were a lot sooner than the paper fast pass times. Yes, I noticed the same thing too with the Max Pass. Yeah, so obviously this is the box for Max Pass Fast Passes, and this is the box for the paper Fast Passes, and they're just two completely completely different systems. And this is how many we're going to have for this, and this is how many we're going to have for that. Is my assumption. I mean, you have to do that. You have to draw the sum- line it somewhere. You'd be going crazy with your um, with your database. <laughs> constantly cross-referencing itself so that makes sense to me that you would do that so when you are making um a max pass fast pass you can only make one every 30 minutes so if you make one so the haunted mansion the haunted mansion is a really good example because a lot of times you'll it's 9 50 and you can get on the haunted mansion at 9 55 through the fast pass or max pass um situation but you can't make another uh, max pass until 30 minutes has passed from that time. So if you make one at 9.55, you can't get another one until 10.25. That was- Sort of, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, as soon as you enter the, as soon as you use it though and enter the style, if you scan your fast pass, another mm-hmm. one comes available. So it could actually be slightly less than 30 minutes. So. No, we couldn't do that. We had to wait 30 minutes even after we scanned it. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Like it so said, made... your your next fast pass is available at like 1025. Like that's the next time you can get one. Oh, okay. Okay. So they may have changed that since the summer. Yeah. Very well could have. But one big difference between the paper fast passes and the max pass is... The most you're going to wait for your next max pass is 90 minutes, and the most you'll wait with a fast pass paper pass is two hours. Yeah. That's nice. So if you make you make a reservation at 12 o'clock for Space Mountain, but you can't come back until 5 o'clock and it's 12 o'clock, you can actually make another max pass at 1.30. So theoretically, you can have more than one max pass at a time if that happens to you which is nice yeah because we we had that that happened to us a couple of times because we would reserve at big thunder you know in space mountain later in the day and you know we're like oh bummer <laughs> 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 but uh, unlike walt disney world at disneyland i think there's just so much to do to fill your time between Attractions that have 20 minutes wait and um, the entertainment that goes on in the theaters. I, you know, we had a we had a jam-packed day, and I think when you start your day at 9 a.m. and you're going like that so hard, and you have a max pass, I mean, you're done at dinner time. <laughs> you can easily be done at dinner time. So, and then you can save yourself some money <laughs> and go outside the park and have dinner. across the street yes yeah and it's super easy to reserve times and you can reserve times for both parks yes so if you have a park hopper you can if you're in disney california adventure you can reserve times in disneyland if you're in disneyland you can reserve at times in disney california adventure so you can Mm -hmm. 
go back and forth, but you have to have the park hopper option. And of course, if you're annual pass, you have that option. <laughs> yeah. Depending yeah. on your annual pass. Yeah. So, and then like one thing to remember, like if a ride does break down, um, they're really flexible on that and will give you a return window. So they'll give you, like say the ride breaks down for Space Mountain and um, you're kind of like at the end of the day and you don't want to wait for Space Mountain to come back up. You have the option to go to like another ride that's open, which is nice because the Indiana Jones ride breaks down every day. It breaks down a lot. So does cars. So does Radiator Springs oh, yeah. Racers. Yeah. That one breaks down frequently. It does. Yeah. They break down a lot. So it's nice to have that option to um, ride something else. Yeah, because the day that it, and also when it rains, they're not going to run um, a lot of times Radiator Springs Racers. Just like they close test track a lot when it rains. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Because that happened on our second day. And if that happens, you just get like kind of a multiple experiences pass, and that's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. They also do that. So if you're listening and you use the disability access service, the DOS thing, mm -hmm. that, it'll all do the same thing too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you get it, it'll it'll still switch your fast pass to that ride to a multiple experiences pass, which you can use at nearly any attraction. Mm -hmm. There's a few kind of like little twists on that like sometimes they won't let you use it for the cars ride if it's for Correct. another ride yeah. and that's, the, that's one of the only ones that i've seen that they won't let think. you use it for yeah because that line is just always two hours yeah. and like if you're at walt disney world when this happens i know they have max pass but but when you have the fast pass plus when you have your three options for the day if big thunder breaks down you can't go on the seven dwarfs mine ride oh okay that's the one that they keep out of that. And that's because that's always like a two hour wait. Yeah, that makes sense. So they, they just have to control the lines. They do. I mean, one of the things that's nice, and I mean, this is a big difference between Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I mean, on the, the Max Pass, what is nice is they will add, you get the photo pass. So all your attraction ride photos, and if you take any pictures in the park, but the caveat of that is it's really hard to find photo pass photographers at the Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Parks. And, and that's in comparison to Walt Disney World. Like we had annual passes at Walt Disney World and our annual passes included the photo pass. And we could take photos until the cows came home because there's just photographers everywhere. But when you're at Disneyland, you're like, it's crickets a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And they won't even have them at the character meet and greets a lot of times too. So I wouldn't, I don't, like I wouldn't buy it just to get the photo pass unless you're really into attraction photo passes. <laughs> yeah, if you want ride photos, it actually is a really good way to go. Especially if you just mm -hmm. want like maybe one or two days of ride photos, you could. Yeah. And you got a large, and you have a large group. This is the Max Pass is the cheapest way to get photo pass at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, it, yeah. Each individual picture costs fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if you're into attraction photos and want attraction photos, definitely yeah. just have one person in your group buy the Max Pass. Yep. For each day. Because we, we didn't have the annual passes last summer in 2018, no. but we had them the year before, and we did get all our pictures, which was really cool. 
Oh, also, so on the Disney Max Pass, uh, you cannot reserve um, for World of Color or Fantasmic. The only way you can get those is to get the paper tickets in person, and those are the paper tickets that you want to keep. All the other attractions that you get paper tickets for, um, well, you want to keep them if you don't have your tickets um, connected to your smartphone, your Disneyland app. You want to keep them because um, the Fast Pass paper system will work with your Disneyland app if you have your tickets connected. But um, yeah, you do not get that will not pop up on your Disneyland app for the World of Color or Fantasmic yet. So, and I guess you can't. I didn't even try this because I, I wouldn't. I, I like having a break <laughs> between rides. But I guess you can't ride the same ride two times in a row. You have to break it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't use the traditional paper fast pass with the max pass. So you can't like double up on your fast passes. Because once again, it is tied to your ticket. So they can track. They're tracking it even if you're not tracking it on your smartphone. And that's good. You want that because otherwise all the fast passes go away. And it makes it hard for anybody to get fast passes. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think this was a good uh, compromise by Disneyland to, to go digital with this Max Pass. I mean, I know you, the paying is not my favorite part, but what do you do when everybody has annual passes? And it's just not the same thing as Walt Disney World. Because Walt Disney World, um, when you stay on property, you can book three Fast Passes a day, 60 days out. And if you're not on property, you can do it 30 days out. Um, but it's just a completely different clientele. So you can't have the same system at Walt Disney World that you can at Disneyland. And I know they would be very upset at Disneyland if they had the 60 day out or the 30 day out. Cause most of those people, they just like wake up and go, Hey, I'm going to Disneyland today. <laughs> Not quite the same. So I think this was a good, um, compromise on their half for doing this mm -hmm. and so you know it's $15 per day per person but if you have an annual pass I think it's like $100 per ticket per year which gets pretty hefty <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's if you go what is that so so six seven so if you go seven times it's worth it oh yeah for sure and in most mm -hmm. pass holders if you get an annual pass you're gonna go more than seven times per year usually I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that annual pass, ooh, they're expensive out there in Disneyland now, so it's not, you know. <laughs> they okay. are. They are. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting your money out of your annual pass mm -mm. either. No, it's just so funny how it's become such a place, for a recreational place for people just to go. Because I remember... Um, late 80s, early 90s, my parents had an annual pass to Disneyland. Can you believe it? <laughs> Nobody had them. It was just such a, and $100. That's crazy. Why would you do that? <laughs> Who goes to Disneyland more than twice a year? Who would do that? I <laughs> I mean, that was a funny thing when I was working there. You knew who the plain clothes security guards were because they were the people there every day. Like You could figure it out. Nowadays, I don't know if you necessarily could figure it out as much because you have people there that go a lot. 
I mean, your only clue would be they'd be hanging out in the same section all the time, but <laughs> for a bizarrely long time, but yeah. But I think the system's very intuitive. It's not too hard to figure any of it out. I don't think so either. I mean, if you're familiar, nice. yeah, if you're familiar with a smartphone, I think you're going to walk through it. No problem. I don't stress. Holy cow. Oh my goodness. Do not stress. Now, is it going to be perfect all day? <laughs> no, it's not going to be perfect all day. Are you going to glitch? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do have a better Wi-Fi system there, but I knew even at times I would just be on my cellular plan because it's Anaheim by golly. You know, it's, you're not that far from civilization. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Disney World, you really rely on that Wi-Fi. Praying it works today. But yeah, you can just switch over to cellular. I mean, even with I know the the DAS or DAS system, we would have problems of them popping up every now and then. And it wouldn't be a big deal because it actually would be on our tickets even if it wasn't on the Disneyland app. So I usually found it. Now, yeah, and that's one thing too. Uh, when you go to, go to check into your ride, um, make sure that um, Fast Pass is up on your phone, ready to go, because some people stand there and you know turn their phone on, open their app, <laughs> scroll down to the Fast Pass, select their Fast Pass. Oh, there it is scan it <laughs> so just make sure your phone is on that your app is ready to go and that you have your pass ready to swipe at the little I don't know, the readers whatever those are readers mm -hmm. and I oh my okay so this is like my one little pet peeve of the fast pass program on both coasts and everywhere you go oh dear lord if you have a question or you're having problems please move to the side like just move to the side <laughs> it's okay it's okay it's okay i know i know you want to get on that ride i know you want to be on first but just move to the side because there's usually two readers so at least the flow can keep going because you, you can't believe because there's a lot of people going through the fast pass system and you can't believe how fast it blocks up and you start getting piles and piles of people because there'll be a family that just stands right between the two readers and sits there to ask their questions and they could be there a good two to five minutes asking questions and the cast members I don't know if they need to just like start the process of oh can you step over here so I can help you they they seem to not want to move the um, guest for some reason they need to say, please step over here so I can help you. Because <laughs> a lot of them <laughs> will have, you know, they have their readers and their scanners and stuff that they can do on the side to help you with any problems you have. Oh, yeah. But, but, so that's my tiny pet peeve. And I feel bad when it's a family that doesn't speak English very well. You know, because especially in Walt Disney World, you get a lot of, of people where English is a second language or English isn't a language at all. Mm-hmm. So that happens. that happens. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I really enjoyed my experience with Max Pass. It was easy to use, easy to make purchase, easy to purchase. It was easy to mm -hmm. reserve stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we changed a reservation, changed from, I think we changed from 
Soarin' to Radiator Springs Racers. Oh, okay. Yeah, and did that um, because the time was available. Um, and that was, it just kind of fit really well. Oh, you can't use it during the magic morning extra magic hours. No, it's not, no. But I think you can make a reservation during, you can make a reservation for later. You just, right. you know, it's not, in, there's no max pass or fast passes during magic morning. But right. As soon as the park opens, you know, whenever the first reservation times are, you can book those through the through the max pass where you cannot do that through the fast pass system until actual park opening fast pass is not available at all until mm -hmm. the park officially opens so, right yeah right but max pass is the mm -hmm. fast passes through max passes those are that is available right but you'll only be booking one ride yeah you would only book one ride. yeah yeah so and you have to be in the park obviously to mm -hmm. do all of it I didn't get a chance to do this, but if you leave the park, supposedly you can still book max passes. Did you leave the park and book one? No, we didn't do that. I've heard okay. that also. I've heard that's possible to do, which is interesting. So that means, I wonder how long you're there. Are you there until the park closes? Is that their theory? Yeah. Well, I guess like if you took like the monorail back to your hotel, you could, uh -huh. you know, uh, you know, go go back to like the Disneyland hotel or really probably any hotel in the yeah. area, and then book your next fast pass, and then yeah, come back. Yeah, as long as as long as you're still within that window of time cool. for it. So like supposedly you can do it. We did not get a chance to try that out though. No, we stayed in the park pretty much the whole time until we left and then just left and didn't go back but I was it's funny because we were talking before the before we started recording how um like neither of us ha experienced this at all when we were growing up because they didn't introduce oh, no. oh lord no <laughs> <laughs> but we also I don't think we ever waited longer for a ride than an hour I can't no. remember that like, was a long line growing up, an hour. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember we would wait like 40 minutes for Thunder Mountain, but I can't remember it really ever going past that at all. Pirates and Haunted Mansion were always 30 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Routinely growing up. Um, trying to think of it. Space Mountain could be long. That's probably that, the longest. Yeah. That one would get to be an hour. Yeah, that would, that would definitely. Yeah. And Matterhorn, it could take a, that could get up to sixty minutes. But we, I don't think we ever chose to do that. Not that if it was that long, I think we kind of like were like, eh, we'll come back later. <laughs> yeah, we would see how far the line was wrapping around the mountain. We'd be like, ee, oh, well, let's go check the other side of the mountain. Run. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. We go back and forth between one side to the other, and then we'd be like, eh, too long. <laughs> Move on. We'll come back. <laughs> Because we knew it'd be shorter in the evening, so uh -huh. we would just come back to it. But the the crowds have changed so much since then. It's a lot more crowded. Oh, definitely. Like I said, people were like, you have an annual pass. Do you go to Disney more than two times a year? <laughs> <laughs> that was just the mindset. Like, it was a special day when you went to Disneyland. I, You know, it just what, it's just what it was. Yeah, so. I remember when your parents got annual passes when mm -hmm. you worked there. Uh, yeah, was, so they can come see me. Yeah, that was like <laughs> a, that was like, you know, a big thing. Yeah, I think my brother had one too, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, and then my dad would go listen to big band music where, where they now have the fantasy fair. <laughs> yeah. So he used it. Oh yeah, they would they would they would go Sunday night after church. They go listen to the big band music. <laughs> mm. Oh, they're so old. <laughs> I would I mean, love that. If they had that now, oh, I'd yeah. go do that. I'd totally I'd go do so that. Oh go do that, yeah. Oh yeah, it just cracks me up because I'd ask my dad, I go, was it really like cause he was born in, you know, in the nineteen forty. I'm like, was it really big band music when you were growing up? And not really like he liked the music before like when he was a little kid like he really wasn't into the rock and roll when he was a teenager which is funny because your dad really wasn't either (laughs) no neither no uh -uh. (laughs) they both they both disliked elvis presley both of them oh yes mentioned elvis to either of them (laughs) (laughs) that's for the girls (laughs) yep (laughs) all right Oh, that always cracked me up. That I know. Sure. Oh my gosh, they're so they were so cool. So oh cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They were both big band. Kinda. Yes. Big yeah. Band guys. And so, so anyway. is Fiona. Fiona's a big mm-hmm. band girl. Yeah. She really is. Yeah, my dad and her get along very well in the car. And you'll be you might be wondering where is Fiona? Well, Fiona said no. She's not interested in fast pass and max pass information. <laughs> <laughs> She has no questions about this. Does she, nope. Yeah. Nope, she has a mom much. that does it all. So there you go. <laughs> Pretty much. I, yeah, it's sad but true. Sad but true. Now, uh, Adie would be interested in it because, you know, she likes to control her own destiny. Fiona is perfectly fine with me doing absolutely everything for her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Yeah. And I kind of geek out on the whole thing, so I, I like mm-hmm. the concept of Max Pass. Yeah, it's it's I don't, yeah I don't know. It's kind of like a it's almost like a game. Like okay, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> and if I were going and choosing between Park Hopper and Max Pass, I would choose Max Pass over Park Hopper. Oh, well, that, I, see that's if good. If I had to choose one or the other. That's yeah. a good, yeah, absolutely. You know what? That's a good comparison. Are we? Yeah. Are you gonna park hop? Or are you gonna max pass? I like that. Yes, because I agree. <laughs> yeah, I would. I think I would choose max pass over that. Um, because you get your photos with it and mm-hmm. everything, and it's just so it's easy to use. Now, real quick, because I have to say things like this. Um, because my you you and I kind of geek out a little bit. Um, so fast passes weren't around until 1999, um, which which makes sense. That's kind of when the park started picking up. That's when I know like the Six Flags and the Universal were all kind of tinkering around with the concepts. Like those parks, you pay for it. Yes. To do it, like everything, and that I know that it's interesting to me how Disney gets the backlash. Like how dare Disney, you know, have people pay for it. Um, and so they didn't because they, you know, I don't know if they were ever, I, they probably absolutely tinkered around with the idea of charging for fast pass. But I think they chose the correct route of handling the situation. Now, saying, so now we have this 1999 is when it started in Disneyland. And now we have Star Wars Land um, Galaxy Edge coming up. 20 years so, later. Yeah, 20 years later. 
I don't, I, and definitely I think there'll be max pass for it. I think max pass might increase in price um, at that point. Uh, but I'm wondering, I don't think they'll have the paper pass passes anymore. The paper fast pass. They said they're not going to do any of that. Any, yeah. any, any fast pass, max pass for the first few months of the opening. Oh, really? So you yeah. just have and to wait in line? Yep. Uh, oh, chihuahuas. To, yeah, you just have to wait in line. That that because the 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 passes would just make that line insane. Well, long. they can control it. They don't. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to release that many. Yeah, but they're not going to. Not for the first few months. Was I think operationally as smart? Mm -hmm. um, you know, just just until the newness, a little bit of the newness wears off. Mm -hmm. um, and the lines are a little bit more manageable, um, especially with just the only um, Smuggler's Run opening up this summer, because that would yeah. be that would be the only ride open in Galaxy's Edge this summer. Um, yeah, so I think that's a smart decision on their part to make. Yes, it'll be I interesting. Think they at, I think they looked at flow, traffic flow, and how they were going to try and get all that done. That will, I think, that will definitely decrease some of the traffic. Yes. Because there's yeah. going to be people that just won't wait for hours. Right. Yeah. I maybe, wouldn't. Maybe. I, I yeah. can't. The I can't two of us would be one. <laughs> Neither of us would yeah. be like, all right, well, I'm just not doing that one today. Right. Like, yeah, I'd either be there at rope drop, <laughs> which we'd both be there at rope what? drop. The two of us would be, <laughs> we'd be figuring out how to get there. We'd both be there at rope drop. Absolutely. <laughs> do it the one time, and that would be it. <laughs> Yes, if we were completely single and had um, no job commitments, we would be there. <laughs> yeah, no, we would, yeah. <laughs> but alas, we do. Yeah, unfortunately. So. And and we're in Texas, so it's not like yeah. we're going anywhere quickly. No, yeah. So, but you know, well, that, that long, those, long, those long lines where it gets, I'm sure that line will be four plus hours easily for quite a while, for at least the first month. Well, that's what um, Cars was, right? Cars was four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had Fast Pass. I believe so. But it, also, I'm sure it's a much larger, higher capacity ride. The Star Wars one? No, uh, Radiator Springs Racers. Oh, really? Much. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. That should I'm be entertaining. Sure, yeah, I'm sure it's gonna. It'll have a much higher capacity than Smuggler's Run. Okay. Oh, so what was was kind of nice with the Max Pass, kind of nice, not so nice, is they did add a couple of um, Fast Pass options when they did come up with the Max Pass. Mm -hmm. I know they ordered, they ordered, they added Toy Story Mid Midway Mania, and they added Matterhorn. Can you think of anything else they added? Well, they tried to add Pirates for a little bit, and that oh, did really? not, oh, it didn't work out well. Okay. It, because anytime they add fast pass to an attraction, it backs mm -hmm. up the standby line. Yes. So the, sta so the standby line would just gum up New Orleans Square like nobody's business. Uh, yeah, so you that, don't want that happening. Yeah. And so it was just, it was a nightmare trying to get through New Orleans Square. So they had to actually remove it from Pirates so that you could get people through New Orleans Square. Um, so, cause it, it will increase that standby line quite a bit and people will stand. There are a lot of people who will stand in a two hour line. Yes. Uh, so they took yeah. that away. They oh, but one, 
But one thing they did add to Pirates that's nice is like during the summer when we use the DAS program with your mom and Fiona, you, we go mm. through the exit to Pirates, like if you had a wheelchair. Yeah. And now if you're not in a wheelchair and you're mobily able to, they put you um, on the right side. Okay, so you, when you come to the Pirates, there's the tunnel under the bridge, and you can go the yep. left or the right. Um, on the right side of the line, they put in a new DAS, enter, DAS entrance right when you get to the top of the stairs. So you're cutting into the line, and, and there's a um, cast member there. And they enter the line right before they go into the Pirates building right there, which is nice because that uh, the wheelchair area can really get... Um, messy because you have everybody coming off the ride and you're kind of like crammed over in this little white taped box with your group waiting to get on it so there can be a lot of traffic so they were trying to definitely cut off, cut down on that back and forth traffic right there so that was that was nice that they added that I noticed that because we were on the right side and we had people um, that entered the line right there Mm, gotcha. And so if you can, if you don't have to, like, but your mom would still have to go through the exit because she's, uh, you know, wheelchair to vehicle, you know, unless you can stand that whole time walking into the building, ah, which is which is actually a good idea because we actually like if the pirates line was too long, we wouldn't go on the pirates ride and go through using the DAS system because you would um, we're not really big into standing outside in the sun. <laughs> and ah. sometimes when you're out you'd be outside the exit and they would have you stand against the wall in the sun until you could go in and that's really uncomfortable and it's really uncomfortable when you have kids with sensory issues <laughs> so and that's that was the same with the dumbo ride too uh yeah because you're standing in that line out in the now out in the sun in front of it I, I think they've changed that one also yep they fixed it yeah, because they put all the awnings, and they changed it at Peter Pan also. If you're using the DAS card now, um, there's a new entrance if you are if you um, are mobile, like you don't go from wheelchair to vehicle. Uh, you still go through the exit if you're wheelchair to vehicle, but there's a new DAS entrance if you're not wheelchair or have mobility issues or you can't walk very far. Gotcha. So that was nice too, because standing, because we didn't ride Peter Pan a lot, because you know you could still wait a long time in that dash line, and it's out in the sun, and it's really uncomfortable. So that was nice that they did that. So those were a couple of the changes that I saw, which obviously need to be addressed, because it's been that way, you know, thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I'm okay with the, finding a new way and solving a good problem where you don't have people standing out in the sun for 20 minutes is good because it's not really good for anybody to just stand in the sun for 20 minutes. No, agreed. So, anything else you can think about? And I could I could be wrong about the capacity of those two rides. It might be the same. It's hard to tell because it it hasn't opened yet. So. Or, you know, it might have about the same capacity as Radiator Springs Racers. Yeah. My assumption is it will be at least what it is at um, Pandora for the Flight of Passage. Yeah, I would think so. 
I mean, I you know, I'm just guessing. I'm hoping it's at least that. Well, that's a. All I right. think that's about it for that. Yep. And now it's time to head way out west for a little patch of heaven. I know a place pretty as pie I where the river bend hits up with the end of the sky It's left in Nebraska and over a crest On a little patch of heaven way out west Everything's green So one of the things we wanted to talk about on Dispodopolis today was our recent viewing of Dumbo. Baby mine, don't you cry Baby mine, dry your eyes Rest your head close to my heart Never to part, baby of mine So we actually, in order, we wanted to watch it Friday night because that was going to fit in our schedule. And we actually had to take our daughter out of school a little bit early to go see a movie because movie theaters have odd times for movies on Fridays. So um, you know, we didn't want to be at the movie theater until 9 or 10 o'clock. So we, in order to make a 5 o'clock movie, we had to take her out of school at around three o'clock <laughs> so we could then go pick up the other kids and then make the movie it's a very complicated process oh boy <laughs> but it was it's really funny they're just i'm I, you know, i'm totally honest with them i said yeah we're picking up our daughter so we can go see dumbo and they're like oh my gosh that sounds like fun go go <laughs> <We're> like, okay <laughs> So instead of going to world history, Fiona learned the history of 1919 in the United States watching Dumbo. So, you know, you can't beat that. Well, there you go. Yep. Well, in family time is important, too. Oh, no. You drove me to, into for, for a long time geographic film. Oh, <laughs> a geographic film? What was geographic in the beginning? Oh, uh, yeah. But what are our words for, for history? Historical? Oh, no. You... You drove me to a historical film. I did. I did. I took. I drove you to a historical film. So uh, we went and saw the the Tim Burton Dumbo, and it was let's just say um, visually stunning because it's a Tim Burton film, and he hires amazing people to make these amazing worlds. Mm. And uh, but but for some viewers, they're just all like, uh, this this. This, do, this doesn't look up, up to burden that well. Yeah, it was interesting. A lot of people said, were kind of disappointed in the movie or thought it wasn't really a Tim Burton movie. Um, I, 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 how do you... It had, like, the darkness of a Tim Burton film. You know, the way he his cinematography works. You know, it's a little... The 
colors are manipulated on the screen. I mean, it's like he almost went back to his time of Pee Wee Herman. Oh, she was. <laughs> Isn't that kind of... Well, that is, but I, I wouldn't say that that's really a... a the colors, I don't think, were really representative of Pee Wee well, Herman. Well, I mean, there's, there's no... There's no crawlies or anything. Yeah, there, there's nothing like, there's no dark or underworld in this movie that you can see in a lot of uh, Tim Burton films. Um, the opening is beautiful, and I feel like I need to watch it two or three more times because you have this montage of images. And just like in Dumbo, they start um, where they have like their winter vacation in Florida while they you know they can't really move through the states and do their show and so they're picking up their camp and they're they're moving on the train and going through the south uh, you know of Florida and Georgia and um, Alabama uh, working through Louisiana up through Arkansas and we land in Missouri and uh, yeah Jeff and I were just like oh my gosh this is so cool like the map and the Casey Jr. train and they're showing like the circus act we traveled by map we traveled by map <laughs> yes we did <laughs> and so it was really beautiful and we land in Joplin Missouri it's kind of where our, our story where takes are, place where are our absurd absurdatory landscape take takes us now yeah so um you're they're they're setting up camp and they're setting up to put on another circus show and um we really haven't been introduced to any of the characters you kind of know their roles you know the danny devito's you know the ringmaster and you see some of the other actors and their different (laughs) roles in the circus which i think it was funny for for his height his height to be the ringmaster (laughs) yeah he's tiny yeah He does have a booming voice, though. <laughs> I mean, like it gives him some like. I was I was almost thinking to give him some like Sir Topham Hat shape to him. Oh, S- Sir Topham Hat yeah. from um. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas the Train. Yeah, I think I was trying to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was trying to get some Thomas vibes into this into this movie. Mm-hmm. And you see the t- the two kids that are. Um, starring in the movie they're running off to the the train depot and they're like oh another train and you don't really know what's going on at this point and you go to the train station you see a lot of well world one veterans coming back from the war so you see a lot of reuniting of families and you still don't know why the two kids are there you're like are they waiting there for for uh their dad because you know their dad's in the circus like you've seen the previews so you know that. And sure enough, they're waiting for their dad to get back from World War One and getting off off the train. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I, thought that was, oh, so I thought that was really an interesting introduction. So it kind of like really laid the works that their dad had been away at World War One. Um, quickly, you learn that their mom has died from the influenza of 1918. And they have been being taken care of by two of the other people in their circus. So, oh, by the way, this is full of spoilers. <laughs> oh, I thought you would know. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally uh, got, had to let this out eventually. Yeah, and so I thought it was really interesting how they really tried to bring the history into the movie and really set the stage so you understood uh, 
what was going on. And Colin Farrell actually uh, loses his arm in the war. So, and, and he had and been... And that's why people are meant to think it's Tim Burton. Yeah, well, somebody said, oh, that's very Tim Burton. And I go, well, no, that's really realistic. Because that's what happened. People come back not losing things after wars. And... Um, I really, no, it's, it's definitely I really like it when they put the realism in there, the struggles that people have when they come back from a war and trying to adjust, and there's so much loss. It was really, uh, I thought it was a great place to come from. It, def it definitely makes me, you're definitely making me think of what I'm learning today in history. Yeah. And I, and I think it's a great tie to Dumbo because you're not just seeing Dumbo lose his mom, you're seeing the kids who've lost their mom also, which... I mean, that, that was a harsh flu. Like, 3 to 5% of the world population died from that. Um, it was the H1N1, but they called it the Spanish flu. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for us to understand something like that because we don't go through something that, like that right now. So I, I think it was great. And I know some people have said, you know, the people aren't very, like, friendly. There's not a lot of love in this movie. Like, you don't see a lot of hugging or... And, but I think that's really indicative of the time. I mean, I mean, it's like some viewers thinking that, that they were evil at first. Yeah, I just, I, you know, people weren't warm and fuzzy <laughs> back then. You know, dads didn't tell their kids. I mean, it's, and it's true it's nowadays not like too. It's the, the lovely rainbow again. Yeah, you know, dads didn't tell their kids they loved them and they were proud of them. You know, it was like, you know, people die. You gotta, you know toughen up and you know get through a situation yes i mean this is what we have now yeah right so you know we have a different society a different way that we handle a lot especially in this country because we're very blessed to not lose a lot of people to disease and stuff like that so i thought that was i thought it was a great way to step off this movie because it gave you like a really good background of these people i liked it I mean, I I just I, I I totally I totally appreciate this 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 movie. So you're in Joplin, Missouri, 1919. Uh, you know he comes back and there. I mean, I'm not gonna go through the entire storyline, but you know we land up, we see the circus and um, kind of how the kids figure out that that Dumbo can fly, and of course you know their dad doesn't listen to them or believe them. And the daughter's really, um, the girl Nico Parker, who's playing the daughter, she's really into science. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, that's cool. Yeah. And, and you totally had, a, totally had an interview on, on about her, her actual mom. Oh, Millie. Okay, so the character she played is Millie Ferrer. Ferrer? I'm winning. <laughs> Just tell me how you'd like me to say it. Um, yeah, her mom is actually Thandi Newton, who was Val in Solo, A Star Wars Story. Oh, okay. So it's always interesting when Disney keeps it in the family. <laughs> well, that is interesting. I didn't yeah. know Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. And then the little boy uh, is Finley Hobbin. And this, this is pretty much what he's done. <laughs> but that's okay. There's no recommend imagery about him. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they, they didn't, I think the two kids did really did an excellent job in the movie. You know, she's really into science um, and he's 
always not not heavily, but trying to sh show his dad he can do like little things around the circus and help out. Like I can do a handstand. <laughs> Because, you know, the mom and dad are big circus people. And um, Millie, their daughter's like, I don't want to be in the circus. I don't need to have this attention on me. I want to do science. So I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> That's quite spectacular. I like that. You know, I can actually totally, I can actually totally see why they, they actually made the humans the main characters. Then than just less footage of the animals. Yeah, the animals don't talk in the movie. It's just the humans, yes. Because I guess, I guess it would be hard in for for live action with like with like all all animals. But it's like when when heroes being mostly being humans these days. I think that's what they that's what they pick they picked up. Yeah. So the movie, you know, is is the the human side of the story where they're kind of relating to the animals. But you know, Dumbo and his mom um, are really like react to the humans when they're talking like they understand what they're saying but don't but respond in in elephant uh sounds basically or how you know if they're out of frustration from what they hear they react to what someone's saying to them huh that's an interesting choice i didn't realize that. yeah it's interesting that tim burton chose to go that way because you know some of the films like the jungle book the animals talk but mm -hmm. it's interesting that he decided to not have the animals talk and this one and just make, you know, typical animal sound. Yeah, I, I, I thought it worked well. I think it would be too okay. much if you had the elephants speaking and all the animals speaking and all the humans speaking. It, I think um, I think at that point you would lose reality. Yeah. You, you, the dis, you'd be like, really? I don't know. <laughs> There's like too many humans and it just would be odd. So I think the way they handled it, they did a really, they did really well at handling that way. And uh, Rick Heinrich is—he's the one that developed all the sets that you see in the movies, the, the Dreamland and the circus. And it was interesting because he said he tried to um, use his inspiration was Edward Hopper, which I thought was interesting because Edward Hopper really. So this is 1919, and Edward Hopper is really the 1920s and 30s more than the the teens but uh i could see where he was show, trying to show the loneliness uh, edward hopper's always trying to show the loneliness in the middle of a city and the isolation of uh people how people feel in art and he would paint scenes like during the day it'd be natural harsh light coming into buildings and at nighttime edward hopper's paintings would be harsh night light of the city how, how you know coming down on people now, I I didn't really see that. Like, it didn't remind me of Edward Hopper. But, um, I mean, I, I could kind of see where he was going maybe with the colors at nighttime. Like, the, the real, real yellows and the reds and the oranges and the Dreamland sequences. But uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of Dreamland. Have you seen? That's no. the place. Where, oh, my gosh. It is amazing. <laughs> Every single one of my kids had a favorite place. In Dreamland, they had it was real steampunk, modern, bright, colorful, uh, futuristic, uh, unworldly. Like nothing has ever been like this, or I don't even know if you could do this. But there, it was kind of like things that you hear of, like you would totally believe it was from that time, but they didn't have the engineering. <laughs> 
or the money that they put into things like they made the little things you would see um on the piers in the cities you know you would see these amazing just and they took it up to like the nth degree so they had um one place was um the nightmare island oh yeah and that was crazy like you know there's fire and it's a big volcano and there's um the drawbridge with all the spikes and they took these animals and do you remember what they had all over the crocodile Uh, oh yeah oh i i i couldn't tell what what specifically the the croc what type of monster it was he was meant to be but but i'm just all all like he's he's just like a, a swamp, a, a biblion. No. Yeah, he was like set in a swamp yeah. and they had fog. And he was wearing like metal stuff, like spikes oh. on him. Mm-hmm. And huh. they had scary lighting. But it's just a regular crocodile. Like they were taking these animals and like painting them or putting armor on them. I mean, it's like a mode to Gravity Falls, I, I think. <laughs> it reminds you of Gravity Falls. I, so when did this occur? So Dreamland, okay, so- Like, behold, run for your life. <laughs> so um, Michael Keaton, who plays V.A. Vandeveer, is the creator of Dreamland. And he convinces Danny DeVito, who is Max Medici, to bring his elephant act to his Dreamland that he's created. Ah, okay. So, you know, that's how they get from Joplin, Missouri. They go from Joplin, Missouri to New York basically with their whole crew so is it sort of like a coney island or something or yes but like you'll never see it (laughs) like the coney island that never was but you wish was like you wish it was that magnificent you wish kids was very very fantastical fantasy yeah gotcha right but like there's there's a ferris wheel there's uh, like two Ferris wheels on, so there's a beam holding two Ferris wheels at each end and it's rotating around a base. Like, gotcha. that's a, you know, just amazing things. And like a, a, a roller coaster with a rocket. So you just see it like whoosh, whoosh, and you know, and it, a roller coaster has never gone that fast. Like you can't even see the rocket going through the, the roller coaster. I mean, that, that's my next ex- exercise trip. <laughs> so it was just fantastical. And that was Rocket to the Future, the roller coaster was called. And then they had something very um, World's Fairish, Wonders of Science Pavilion. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it reminded me of going when you go on the TTA People Mover at Walt Disney World and you go in that, they have those futuristic rooms and you see this woman getting her hair done. And it's. <laughs> being pulled with the curlers <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this is that the part that reminded me of like spaceship earth yeah so it was very like, like it's a walkthrough so you just you know you walked and saw the um the different vignettes they had set up but it was very very much reminded me of, of that and off world's fair and there's a whole vignette about marie uh, marie curry oh uh, yeah and that was all like uh so there's show ain't if if genders switch working departments. Well, it was, that was really funny because they had a guy in a dress and the woman was in the, the 
suit and I like I thought he was wearing an apron you know I, I didn't really because I was focused on what the movie wanted you to focus on and Fiona's like oh look they're switching gender roles and I'm like what are you talking about and and then I'm like isn't he just wearing an apron what well, what I was looking at is they were showing a man in there the man had lost his arm and he had a bionic arm like a robotic arm that he could use to like pour coffee and so like her the daughter Millie took her dad which is played by Colin Farrell Holt to go see this to see look you know this is the future like you're you will have an arm again oh so that's why they're testing him for mommy's work well, I, I don't know why they were doing that, but yeah. I, it was, <laughs> I just thought it was fascinating how they had that amazing, that was like, you know, she was like, look, dad, this is science. This is what science does. This is why it's important for me to go into science and learn all these things. But even when she they were working with Dumbo, she would try to use scientific data, measure how to create, to get him to fly. It was really cute. And there was one part where the man's face just, just Ona almost ended up looking like someone we're going to talk about in a little bit. Which one? Banker. Oh, the banker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it. So, Danny Elfman, you did the, did the music for the movie. It was pretty simple. It helped banker. build the, the climaxes and moments. It didn't really interrupt the um, movie, but, you know, just added to it. And... Of course, they pay, played a baby of mine, and Fiona cried. Yeah, because I've, like this, said, uh, we had to bring, we had to bring a whole roll, roll of tish, a roll, roll of tissues, and when it just got that part, it just sounded like that, that same voice, and in, in the trailers. Mm, yeah. But I just thought, I just really said the whole thing was all like, it was just too funny, to just, to just go through those eyes. So. Um, you know, Colin Farrell plays the dad. I think this is probably one of my favorite Colin Farrell roles. Really? Honestly. Yeah. I think he did a really good job being the dad and just being frustrated and not knowing what to do, but also like kind of finding himself and trying to, you know, find his place back. I thought it was, I thought he did a nice job. Eva Green, um, who plays Colette, uh, Marchant. She's supposed to be French. Um, she's lovely. I mean, I think can't, she did a good can't job. laugh the can't laugh about her. No, she came in, you know, very stylized. Um, you didn't know which way her character was going to go, and you know, I think she did a good job of showing compassion and caring and really pulling the story along. And you, should, you know. And then while in the car, we're just we're just all like, you know, I didn't I didn't know who to. To expect what boy and girl relationship would would become would become the villain. Yeah, it was kind of hard to see who's become the villain. I think the only <laughs> person I was kind of dis disappointed uh, in, um, which is kind of surprising to me because I really like him, is Michael Keaton. I didn't think his character I don't know didn't have a lot of depth. But you just ended up having a laugh about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the only thing I was kind of like, really, all right, you know. Huh. Yeah, usually Michael Keaton does a really good job, but maybe was it him or was it just kind of the script, you think? What do you think of the writing or a um, combination? May have been the directing, like not showing enough range. Maybe huh. there, 
I don't know. Like you know, he plays like the super villain. I don't know. I don't know if Michael Keaton can play the super. I don't know. I just didn't. He wasn't dark enough at certain places. I mean, it could have been a combination of everything. Not to the Dark Knight. <laughs> he wasn't in the Dark Knight. I know. <laughs> he was Batman though. Yeah, I don't know. That was the only part. Is is I don't know. I can't put my finger on what made that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Danny DeVito is kind of a slime ball through most of it, but you would think of a, a he almost needed to be like a little slimier. <laughs> like dig it down. Yeah. One more level. Like he needed, like you could, he was kind of like wavering up and down. And I think he needed to be a little more slimier in the beginning. So he could like really triumph at the end. Some of the other characters, uh, I want I I uh, want to be the guy who played. Uh, I'm going um, to be the strong man. <laughs> oh, the strong man was hilarious. They, they had this one char- character, Parmesh Singh, and it's played by Rasham Seth. I want his role. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the really kind um, animal caretaker guy, like a solved beauty and everything. I want his role. Aww. <laughs> he was like beauty totally nice. Oh, Rongo. They need more Rongo. Don't you think there should be more Rongo? <laughs> Who was that? He was Rongo. the strong guy. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong. Uh, Diobaya Opari? He, he was a jack of all trades. <laughs> Just so let out the simple sayings already. So Danny, De- he's the strong man. And Danny DeVito's like, you're my accountant and my marketing department. And you're in charge of the property. So... You know, he was getting, poor Rongo kept getting blamed for everything because Danny DeVito would like take all of his responsibilities and put them on Rongo. And Rongo's like, I don't know how to do any of this. I'm the strong man. (laughs) (laughs) This poor guy. But yes, I'm, I'm, I'm good well to music. And it was really funny because the whole movie, you don't really think he's strong. Like, you know, the strong man, they would have like those thousand pounds, little balls on the end. And he would be carrying it around and he'd just like toss it to, you know, some scrawny person and they would just catch it. <laughs> it was funny. Well, I, wait, when you said Rongo, I, I was mean like. Oh, so he like appeared in like fully the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah, he was fun. He was a fun character. I mean, along. I need more that, Rongo. I mean, along, along with that that hasty um, cowboy dude. Oh yeah. Okay. So this this is also this is the one thing about this movie is do not be mean to the animals because um, you will die. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's mind. like I think that was like the whole apology for for love. The animated one as well. Yeah. So I, I, well, I don't want to like totally into the story, but there's, it, at the very beginning, there's kind of like the really creepy evil dude. And he is Rufus um, Sorghum. It's played by Phil Zimmerman. And so he's like the antagonist in the beginning with the elephants and causes problems and really brings out like the best in um, Holt Ferrer, who's Colin Farrell. And he eggs on the elephant. It's like one of the first scenes uh, that they're doing with Dumbo in the circus. And he like prods the, like antagonizes the elephant and, you know, destroys the circus tent and the big pole falls down and smashes him. (laughs) Goodbye, Freddy Cougar. So bye-bye antagonist. Wow. Yeah. In the very 
In the very beginning, huh? Yeah. Was that the first 30 minutes of that movie? So do not be mean to animals. That's what we learned, girls and boys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We need a, we need someone else smoother here. So I just thought we thought that was really funny. And then in the classic scene, you see him going out in a stretcher with his hat. So you know it's him. The hat on the chest. Uh, with like with babes in Toyland. Oh, did they have the hat, the chest? No, oh. the flower. The f- the s- oh, the flower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that was, I thought that was really, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I expected that antagonist to kind of run through the story. And, and no, no bueno. <laughs> he's, he's gone. That, there was a couple of things I was really glad didn't happen in this movie. Because you saw, like, a couple scenes you thought there was going to be, um, like, an entrapment or they were going to kidnap somebody, and, and none of that really happened, which I thought was interesting. They, they would take it, like, in a different route, which I appreciated. So, but they did um, have two moments that were, they were, they really um, paid tribute to the old movie. When Mrs. Jumbo is uh, going into labor and giving birth to Dumbo, it's really sweet. You see the storks, um, like a stork comes and rests, on her train car and then you see a whole flock of storks kind of taking off in the background which i thought was sweet you know it's an interesting way to do that yeah i thought it was and then there was um the ringmaster at when they're at dream world and introducing dumbo at dream world uh dream world he starts quoting from when i see elephants fly so he's saying, oh so this is like trivia from from the birds mm-hmm. right so they say, I see a horse, I, you know, I've seen a horse fly, I've seen a dragon fly, I've even seen a house fly, but I've never seen an elephant fly. That's really cute. Yeah, so I thought that was really cute. And the guy who um, did that, who's the ringmaster, was Michael Buffer, and he's the uh, one that's really famous. I think it's a WW <laughs> something. I don't, I'm not into wrestling. I think that he's still alive because that picture looks old. It does look old. But he's the one, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, yes, gotcha, yes. Let's get ready to rumble. Anyway. He's meant to look like a referee in that picture. Yeah, so that's the guy that they brought in to do that. Yeah. And then there's another scene at, uh, they call it the Coliseum Uh in Dreamland. And um, they have a scene, like this is probably one of the most amazing scenes where they have um, these girls in the the center of the circus ring and they have these huge hoops and they're creating bubbles this is gonna be one of the reasons why there's no crows and they're making these huge bubbles and these bubbles float up and kind of form into elephants magically and you hear like the pink elephant song parade song in the background so you see these like iridescent glycerin bubbles floating through the air and creating these elephants and bumping into each other and multiply it's just beautiful it's amazing oh, that's fun. i mean yeah i mean dumbo he doesn't look like he's gonna be focused on his act for that you don't think so I... no oh yeah he was very dumbo was watching this whole scene he you think he's getting a little too distract distracted well i think he's just seen of about the trippiness of elephants yeah, well, he was just amazed while he was watching that. I think that's what that was. Well, it was beautiful. So I guess, 
I guess that would that's all you get for introducing the the elephant who's trying to be rude for. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite parts had to be Alan Arkin, who was a banker in this movie, who's like trying. Uh, um, so Michael Keaton, You're a proud bottom, who's uh, who's Vanderveer, who's trying to get Alan Arkin, Jay Griffin, Remington to invest in his project, and so at the end when everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. Mike, it, it, Michael Keaton's done it to himself, so you can't, you know, he can't complain. So Alan Arkin's standing there, Danny DeVito's standing there, Michael Keaton's standing there, Alan Arkin goes, well, that was disastrous. Turns to Danny DeVito. Hey, I'll buy you, come, I'll buy you a hot dog. Oh, oh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I know I didn't have this fully in mind, but I, you're just, everyone thought that was a gag joke. I mean, just as straight as Alan Arkin can deliver that line. Then I'll buy you chicken. Just so matter-of-factly. Come, I'll buy you a hot dog. <laughs> Gotta love Alan Arkin. Oh, my God. That, that was so, like, so perfect. It was just just ridiculously perfect. Oh, man. He made, he made that just... I don't know how else you... That was, like, the best way to end that scene. It's perfect. So, anyway... Some bad parody with circus jokes. Yeah, yeah. So at the end, they have like the super, super happy ending. And um, I, I thought it was really funny. And Jeff, my husband, was kind of laughing at me. Because um, Dumbo and Mrs. Jumbo, they get on a boat and they go back to Asia. So they can be with their family of elephants. And so they get, oh, yeah, they yeah. get on a boat. And I'm like... Well, wait a minute. You can't just put two elephants on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, who's going to take care of them? This is what I think. And who's going to get them because to the jungle when they get there? When people see the anime <laughs> one, they just think the circus is like their permanent home. Yeah, in the original, they they go on with a circus. But, you know, in the, in the live action, they go back to Asia. But, but I, I guess they, they haven't gone far into their backstory. Yeah, so my husband's like, oh, that part you didn't like, believe? We're, we're kind of miss, missing, we're kind of missing, we're kind of missing their family tree here. Yeah. And then they go back and they they show how, um, you know, they've created like a little circus for themselves again. And they, um, like, each, each of the kids has found something that they can help with the circus, but also something they love to do. Like Millie is um, running, like creating film projector and zoetrope, zoetropes, and you know, using the science of the time and cinematography to 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 entertain people. So I thought that ah, was clever. That is fun. That is fun. Yeah, it was fun. But it, and but the only thing I thought was a little bit, a little bit funny. I just okay. So they're like, oh, we don't have any animals. We're an animal-free circus, and so. We don't keep any wild animals. And they release the mice because they have a little mouse. Timothy the mouse, they release the mouse. I'm like, I think it's okay to keep a mouse as a pet. <laughs> That's okay. Then the, 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 the monkey for a drawer, drawer as, its, as its mini home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the yeah, Danny DeVito has a monkey and they, they keep the monkey. I mean, you can't really, I mean, you can't really, he can't go back into the wild. You know, some... 
animals get to a point where they're so domesticated. You know, and guess what? Them. We're going to well, have a... That's really true of almost any domesticated animal. Right. Like, right. sending them back to the wild usually is not an option, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and that was pro- probably even true for the elephants, like Dumbo. Think, yeah. That'd be very yeah. difficult to do, which is, yeah. I mean... It's okay. I mean, they. I we went to a zoo in Arizona. Well, it was more of a what was it? It's kind of a botanical gardens and zoo. It was really amazing. It was the Arizona Sonora Desert Garden, and I had never been. Actually, I'd never heard of it, which is funny because I lived in Phoenix for five years. But um, it was all these rescue animals that couldn't go ah, back gotcha. into the wild. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and they had built these amazing sanctuaries for them. You know, like the mountain lion had these like huge rock walls to climb and could go like super high and come down and it's kind of like the best of both worlds he can't go back into the wild but he at least he can live like this and you know people can come and and appreciate the animals in the wild by seeing him so and guess what there's gonna be another monkey this year there's another monkey oh be the um you, you want me to say it yeah, I'm waiting you to uh, say it. Uh, oh, Aladdin. <laughs> the, yeah, we saw a uh, preview for the Aladdin live action movie. And I thought the Abu Muggy looked like similar. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I that well, I think they're different types of monkeys though. Well, yeah, but I think the amount of of texture I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think it was a really enjoyable movie. It's slow. It's not an Avengers movie. It's not any type of Marvel movie. Uh, the original movie is slow. I think Dumbo's a slow movie, even though it's short. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not super fast-paced. No, it's not. So I wasn't expecting this movie to be super fast-paced either. I was. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just some movies are. That's that's just the way they are. Yeah, it's. Um, it cost them 170 million dollars to make this movie. Oh, wow. This is me fanning myself. Oh, my gosh. You, you did look at the box office. And it looks like so far the box office is up to 270 So they're not losing money on this. Okay. That's good. So, um, I, you know, I know they want to double their money, and they may yet, you know. But I, I think it's an enjoyable movie. It's definitely for older children. I'd say seven and up because there's a lot of. Uh, separation anxiety there's you know loss of parents I mean you don't see it I mean a guy does die and gets a pole and you know smack dab on him Um, (laughs) uh, it's darker it's a darker movie so it can be scarier for kids there's a little bit of suspense not a whole lot but I'd say a brave seven-year-old and up this this movie's okay. It's you know if you if you're okay showing your kid the Alice in Wonderland Tim Burton movie, then this one is along with that one. That's that's a good comparison. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Ayo was Ayo was totally all like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which uh, she's all like, I thought I thought when you see this movie, you expect something from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, she she really, yeah, she's commenting on how it wasn't like Alice in Wonderland at all. It's yeah, a lot, very straightforward, real people, you know, dealing with real problems. And, you know, having to make decisions, like what side of this issue are you going to be on? Like, are you going to make the right choice or the wrong choice? All right, any questions? 
Cousin Ryan. <laughs> um, how many Mickey ears would you give this? All right. Hoard them, them ears. Uh, Dumbo ears. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Dumbo ears? I mean, for this movie, we, we need those main ears. All right. Yeah, we need those ears. We need Dumbo ears for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many Dumbo ears are you giving this movie? Like I said to you, um, four for for being positive and how children would would think the topsy turviness of it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna give it four. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four too, just because I think it needs to be appreciated for the movie that it is, and people need to not think of what it should have been. You know, like, just appreciate what they've done with it. I think they did a good job with it. And a lot of people are like, well, that's not the movie I wanted. Well, I mean, (laughs) I I think it was the same way with Solo. I felt the same way with Solo. Well, that's not the movie I wanted. Well, that's... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell people sometimes. Enjoy the movie that was created, you know? Enjoy the time and energy and the beauty that's gone into what you know they've done well and i think like as a comparison like the alice in wonderland that tim burton originally did was very different than the animated one so it's understandable that this one's also very different than the animated one Mm -hmm. whereas you might get something like beauty and the beast which was pretty close to the animated one Um, yes so yeah. you know, I could and see probably some confusion in, in, in the audience, possibly, you know, um, if you're going and expecting kind of a retelling of the original story, then that would not be what this movie is. It's a, it's a complete reimagining of that film. Right. And it's nothing that Tim Burton's done before either. Interesting. Okay. You know, like it's not an Alice in Wonderland movie. It's not, you know, it's not... Um, where myth- mythical creatures could fly. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it's a unique Tim Burton movie because it is a little it's grounded a lot more in reality with the characters. There's nothing weird about those people, you know. There's nothing there's nothing weird about the kids. There's nothing weird about um, the the dad or Eva Green. Like she has this mystique, but she's really a real person and talks about her life before. You know, being in Dreamland. Well, I'm really just, curious to see this because I am a big Tim Burton fan, but sometimes it takes a while for his movies to find their audience. Yeah. And that is common for his films. And mm-hmm. when they find the audience, they really find it and it sticks and it stays around uh, for mm-hmm. a long time. But I remember The Nightmare Before Christmas um, was not super popular when it first came out, but boy, oh boy, you go to the parks <laughs> and. People will wait hours and hours for Jack Skellington and Sally. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got the whole Nightmare Before Christmas overlay at the Honda Mansion and stuff. And you never know with a movie like this. You know, sometimes it just takes a while for it to gain traction and find its audience. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I really wasn't. I wasn't looking forward to seeing this movie because I was really worried it was going to be like a big downer. You know? Oh, like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was afraid it was going to be really... Well, Charlie and Chocolate Factory is not a good movie by Tim Burton. <laughs> and I was afraid that this was Agreed. going to be... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. I know, people ro- love it, so we're sorry if, they, if you're one of them, but yeah. yeah. Ro- Roald yeah. Dahl. Roald Dahl people. Well, I mean, I think 
when you grow up in the 19s, it was 19, yeah, the 1970s version of Charlie and Chocolate yes. Factory. Yeah, yeah. And it was so just perfect for what it was. It was a nurse. Yeah. It didn't need a remake. It's, it's a nurse slow moment. Yeah. I, I don't, I, it's like. A nurse slow freaky Friday moment. <laughs> so. And that's always the danger with the remake, you know, because yes. if you're coming in after one, a movie that was very successful originally, it's, you, you never know. It could be a swing and a miss. It or it could be a home run. Who knows? It's, it's yeah. a it's a it's a scary miss for 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 something alone being touched. Yeah, it's scary to touch something like that. But it sounds like for you two, you two really enjoyed this one. Yeah, oh. and my kids, Elias was enthralled with Dream. Oh my, oh my gosh! You you got for to view his his thoughts about not first seeing a, a Marvel movie. Oh, because this wasn't the Marvel movie yet. <laughs> I just, I just get, it's like I was almost scared that he didn't, that he's trying to go forward to, to be, being a, being a bigger kid. Yeah. Yeah. He was not interested in seeing this movie at all. And after he saw it, he, he really enjoyed it. He thought it was great. Well, and that's important because, you know, they're, you're trying to make a connection with kids. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. this film is for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And families. Yep. So that's, that's a good point in a review it's not all about like uh the storyline and plot for adults and stuff it's it's for families right and sometimes uh, when reviewers look at films they forget that kind of point of view sometimes they have a very static way like they'll compare dumbo to like a rocky (laughs) yeah that's hard you you, you can't really it's apples and oranges yeah i'm confused by your comparison what (laughs) Well, it yeah. sounds like, and it sounds like this this film really will make a connection with uh, all kinds of different people with inside the family too. I mean, I yeah. do kind of strategy to being being better than the animated one since it felt like it had, since it was short, it had like similar simple scenes to to look at. You think so? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, it gets more up up there with with live action. When you're all when you're all like starting starting the humans and and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one made made money. And remember, we were betting at the beginning of the year. We're talking about the is it the ten movies Disney's coming out with this year? Captain mm-hmm. Marvel made money, and Dumbo's made money now. So come on, penguins. <laughs> <laughs> They're up next. We're rooting for you. Vote for Steve to be to be our next <laughs> Earth Day mascot. <laughs> Go Steve! <laughs> so I think we're good. Are we good? Yep. That's Dumbo. Baby mine, don't you cry. Baby mine, dry your eyes. Rest your head close to my heart, never to part, baby of mine. So we just wrapped up our review of Dumbo. And before we closed out our um, podcast this evening, I wanted to get the review of Elias. And Elias is nine years old. And when I first told him we're going to go to see Dumbo tonight, his response is, why? 
So I wanted to find out from Elias. So tell me, um, I'm guessing from your response, this wasn't on your must-see list for the year. Definitely not. I don't know why. I'm just like, why? 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 I'm kind of glad I seen it. Because like, I like the concept of how, like, this, the real Lixic version of Dumbo, is, like, a much better storyline, in my opinion, than, like, the original Dumbo. And I kind of like how I treat Elixir, how you can, like, you can more tell about, like, the solo and, like, Dumbo's eyes when you look at him. Because, like, you can just tell more about it. I just like it being more Elixir. So there's more expression in the people's faces. You knew how they felt. Like, you knew how Dumbo felt. Yeah, yeah but in the cartoons, it's just, like... He just looks bland. He looks a little flat. Like, he always looks happy. Like, you can never really tell. Okay. Because they don't really have, like, realistic that, like, great things for it. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part of the movie is probably when that one jerk died. Oh, Guy <laughs> died and got the poor hair on his head. He deserves that times a billion because he's just the jerk that like started it all he's like hey mama dumbo your baby's getting make fun of and mama dumbo's like no smash everybody because they're not gonna make fun of my baby i like how like they're trying to save the mom and i like how like it doesn't end sad because, like, the original Dumbo, like, the mom just is just, like, taken away and, like... No, no, you see her at the very, very, very end. Oh. Did you forget about that? They're, they're... I forget. <laughs> yeah, they're riding on the caboose car. But you only see that. You don't see her until the very, very end. It, I... it ends very abruptly. I know why. Yeah, but I like how in a movie... When, like, everything's safe and they, like, complete the things, they don't just stop it right there. And they show, like, now what's happening and stuff like that. And how the army dude with the family finally got his arm and he can finally do his horse riding. And, like, how everything turned out good. I like how they're, like, showing what's happening and not just going to, like, end up properly like the original version of Dumbo. Okay, so you like how it goes deeper into the story and you see how they land up and how their lives are turned around from this moment. And how it like becomes much better. Okay, excellent. I feel like the new Dumbo is like much sadder because like at the beginning, super sad, father gone in military, lost his arm, lost his horses, Dumbo lost his mom. I feel like at the beginning... It's just a sad part, but, like, to the end, it gets better and better and better until it's just, like, ultimately happy. Which I feel like is a good concept for the movie. Okay. And how it ends up good for the heroes. Yes, it, it most definitely does end up well for the heroes. And I like how the guy in the decorated, like, Wonderland, I mean, Wonderland, was that what it called? Is it Dreamland? Dreamland. I like how he kind of got insane. He's like, I need power. He's just smashing the controls. Yeah, and he, just he like, went a little crazy. 
burned everything down. <laughs> like at the end, how like the at the end the the dude that owns Dreamland said arrest like this the guy who like owns the circus that has Dumble on it. He uh-huh. like arrest him. Then like another dude, which is probably the funniest guy, is like. I think you got bigger worries. And then he talks to the circus guy that, like, uh, owns Dumbo. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Dumbo. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's like, come on, I'll buy you a hot dog. <laughs> it's yes. so ridiculous. It's he's a classic. Like, come on, buy you a hot dog. Yeah, so you're yeah. talking about the Michael Keaton character, V.A. <laughs> Vandeveer, who... Actually, from his own spitefulness and his own greed, destroys his own creations. Really? So I like how it's kind of turned around. Yes. That makes more sense. Yeah. So it isn't Dumbo that destroys anything or causes the problems. It's actually the man who created the world. Yeah, because he blows up everything. He's like, ugh, it's yours. Ugh, ugh, I need to do it. But he just wants to blame something because he never accepts the fact that he's wrong. This I is true. I that about that dude. Yeah, this is true. A lot of people have a problem with that, don't they? Yeah, like some other people I know. <laughs> okay, what else should I talk about? Did I talk about the funny things? So what like was that? your favorite character in the movie? Like, which character did you relate with the most? Kind of related... Mm. A little bit with the kids in a way. Okay, which kid? The boy or the girl? Like, which one? Millie or was it Joe? I think Joe's the little boy and Millie's the little girl. I feel like Joe. Okay. In a way, because like, he's like silly and stuff like that. Like, kind mm-hmm. of like me. And he's like a kid. And he's like, on my essays, a little younger. Mm-hmm. And kind of is like sad sometimes when he's, he's just like, like I am. Uh-huh. All the time. So I feel like he's a character that fits me. So you related to the, the kid that was about your age. So that's appropriate. So you right. feel like yeah. it was a realistic portrayal of someone your age. Yeah. I feel like that's a good. But, you know, I feel like the guy that Owen Dreamland is kind of the mean one. Because he literally put Dumbo's mom in Nightmare Island because yes. he was... Like, called, quotation marks, a mad elephant. Right, right. Which I feel like is a bit hoarse in a way. Harsh, yes. But that kind of fits the character, which I think is interesting. And I kind of... At the beginning, when you, like, meet the lady that, like, is just trapped tease and, like, see, it looks like she's going to be bad, but she ends up being good, like... Did you like that twist? Yeah, I like it because you're just like looking at her and you're like, I feel like she's going to be a bad character, mm-hmm. but then she ends up to be good. And I feel like the guy that owns Dreamland is so like... So you're talking about Eva Green who played Colette Marchant and she was the acrobat yeah. that was working with Dumbo. I feel like the guy that owns Dreamland is kind huh? of like... Via Vanderbeer? Yeah, he's like a really bad person in a way. When you how you make Dreamland. Because he's just like getting people that are wonderful, I think. And he gets it and it just reflects on him. Like in a movie how Eva Green is like, I'm one of his jewels that reflect on him. 
that's what there he used people like like things that just help him. He never treats them rightly. He just wants them to act and act and act so he just gets more money and money and money. But like eventually people won't listen to you because they realize I have my own opinion. I can do what I want. I don't have to listen to him. Right. So there's definitely some people in this movie that need to stand up for what's right. So I think Holt Ferrer, who's Colin Farrell's character, Eva Green, who's Colette Marchant, and um, Danny DeVito, who plays Max Medici. I think all three of those characters kind of have to come to a decision in the movie, whether they're going to choose to protect Dumbo or use Dumbo. Yeah, and I feel like their choices of protecting Dumbo is a much better choice. Because, like... Um, in the reality of it, the mm-hmm. jerk is the owner of Dreamland. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's just, just like a millionaire, which is kind of cuckoo. Well, yeah. Well, and he destroys his fortune in the end for yeah. not being a Yeah, good and you also should be arrested and like taken to jail. Well, like, I don't think he has anything left, so. <laughs> and the banker, like he gets his money from the banker to support this lifestyle that he's created. He's playing by Alan Arkin. That's Jay Griffin Remington. Is he the really funny guy? Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy like, come on, I'll buy you a hot dog. Yes. <laughs> he's that guy, definitely. So he kind of loses his backing at the end for the decisions that he makes. And so I think he's pretty much ruined. Yeah. I don't think we need to worry about him anymore. <laughs> Over the future, he just ends up working at uh, a petting zoo as a pooper scooper. Well, that, yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's just like, scoop my poop. Scooper pooper. Pooper yeah. scooper. Excellent. I feel like that to be his future job. So, should I do a rating now? Like, Oh, yeah, let's do a rating. So, out of five Mickey ears, how many ears are Dumbo ears, as Fiona went to call them? How many um, ears do you want to give it for, uh, out of five? I'll give it a four because okay. it's really funny. I like how they kill out the characters that are total jerks on our bad guys. And I like how it, it ends up all good and stuff like that. like how it has a really happy ending uh-huh. and stuff like that. I feel like it's a overall good movie, but not the best. So that's why I won't give it five star, five Dumbo ears. So this four. It's a pretty good Dawn movie. All right. Well, thank you, Elias. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Dizpodopolis. It's been a great pleasure to entertain you with our many gone awry thoughts. <laughs> yes, we love to go in all different directions. And hopefully you like that journey. It's like a fantasy land ride. You never know what direction you're going to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just don't land up in hell like the toad ride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hopefully that's not where we end up. <laughs> Maybe you go um, that way. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe Dumbo had a, had that experience. Maybe to Dreamland. Oh, in Dreamland, yes, yes. <laughs> Fiona, just can you please tell say goodnight to everybody? The apparition would try to send you down. Apparition. Oh boy. Bring me back up and up and up. So the apparition, the ghost. Okay, or maybe uh, the nebble. 
Let's all try to send you there. Um, but bring you up and up and up. Okay, so Fiona is going through her Julius Caesar um, definition list right now. Oh, okay, that's what that is. Okay, gotcha. So, so we started with apparition, and then we went down to nibbleness. We also have bait, uh, chastisement, choleric, containment, covetous, overbearing, rash, and repose. Those are some mighty big words. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was my cue. Q dictionary there. I was just trying the the matchup with those words for for being radar on because because of how when I was just going through Caesar it was like about like sharing blood blood and and war and I'm just so like I can use some some trivia for this movie. <laughs> okay. Are you trying to relate Julius Caesar to Dumbo? That's <laughs> if hard. I, if I could, I know if I wouldn't tell Timber and that, but that was comedy about my Timmy voice being just being so similar to my pre- previous miniature men one ones because they're just like my practice from from the forties. Oh, you're trying to do your Timothy Q mouse voice. Yeah, without covering other voices. Well, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's a pretty familiar voice from the 1940s. That type of um, vernacular and accent. I guess when anyone we we end this we ended this on Mother's Day, so baby mine. Yes, yes. So this is our April 20th episode that has run all the way to May 12th for Mother's Day. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. I hope you had a lovely time with your family as I had with my family. And uh, Cousin Ryan, why don't you say, speaking of mothers, why don't you say goodnight to our mothers? Well, yeah, good night to my mom and good night to your mom, Aunt Dolores. Um, and good night to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And um, you can always catch me on Twitter at RyanFlint <laughs> underscore EDU. And then you can always catch us over at YouTube. And we are Dispodopolis over at YouTube. And we've got some videos coming out soon we'll probably get one or two out a month and that'll be our release schedule nothing nothing intense we have other jobs so it's it's a hard thing to do but um we do enjoy getting some stuff out there on youtube and i know we've got some people that watch us now so yay um, and yay (laughs) thank you for watching us too and soon gonna be this toyopolis yeah this toyopolis episode's coming out absolutely where we review some disney toys yeah, that'll be fun. And I know Fiona is super, super excited about that. And I think I want to give like a big, a big goodnight to, to my great grandma. Mm-hmm. And maybe for, for a few goodnights for Elias for sharing his, his grammar. Oh, yes. So Elias created all the Mother's Day cards for everyone this year. And he did quite a good job. That's awesome. I I would like to see them. It's pretty impressive. (laughs) I'm sure there are moms now, but still. I'd also like to say goodnight to my mom and to Aunt Lynette and um, also to all our listeners that are listening. Thanks for listening to us. Um, This is definitely a different type of podcast. This is um, one where we try a lot of different things to help Fiona with her um, speech and learning how to communicate better with others. And my clicks. 
and your your clicks. So if you'd like to get a hold of Fiona and tell her what a great job she's doing, you can uh, reach her at Toad Girl on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. And also on Facebook, you can find her as, I think it's a Fiona Hale um, artist. And then you can also reach me on Instagram and Twitter at Tink Scout. And Fiona, do you have something you'd like to say goodnight with? Our final? <laughs> Is that Dumbo saying thank you? Yes. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Now it's time for a trip around the park and a kiss goodnight.
right, let's do a hand clap. You ready? Mm -hmm. I can make your hands clap. <laughs> One, two, three, clap. One more time. One, two, three, clap. I like how she's like, ow. Ow. <laughs> Good luck finding those two things to match up, Colleen. <laughs> she's killing me, Smalls. She's killing me. Oh, bloopers. Bloopers. You're killing me, Smalls. Dispodopolis is a EFA Solutions production. All music and interviews remain the copyright of their respectful owners and are being used under the Creative Commons license law. All other content remains the copyright of EFA Solutions, LLC. This broadcast is not affiliated with Disney or any of the Disney properties, and the opinions expressed in this broadcast belong to the hosts and guests.